You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Everyone, welcome to another edition of Campus Beat. I'm Dinah Jansen. On Thursday, March the 4th, we learned that the Right Honourable Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, announced more than $518 million in research infrastructure funding through the Canada Foundation for Innovation, CFI. The funding will support 102 state-of-the-art projects at 35 post-secondary institutions and research hospitals across the country and will help Canada remain at the forefront of exploration, innovation, and discovery. Two projects led by Queen's researchers have received close to $10 million to significantly advance their research, and Queen's is also a collaborator on a third project led by Carleton University. The funding will be used for infrastructure that will help to combat climate change, treat cancer, and understand the fabric of the universe. And today, we welcome Dr. Kimberly Woodhouse, the Vice Principal Research at Queen's University, to the virtual studio to talk all about these projects today. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you, Dinah. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. So, Now, before we jump into discussion about these research projects at Queen's University that the CFI grants are supporting, let's hear a little more about you and your role as VP Research here at Queen's. So a little bit about me would be that I'm a chemical engineer by training, but my research is actually tissue engineering and regenerative medicine. So I straddle both health science research and engineering research because I work a lot with uh, materials that are designed to replace parts of the body. That's basically uh, what I do. And so I'm very passionate about interdisciplinary research. It's always been very much how I would have been able to achieve my research objectives uh, when I came into academia. And uh, so that's a little bit about me in terms of my research and my background. I started off actually in private sector manufacturing and then decided to be a, uh, go back to school at the age of 31 with two children um, and uh, do my PhD because I became quite passionate uh, about research. I then went to the University of Toronto and then Mm -hmm. had the privilege of becoming the Dean of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science here at Queens. And then again, the privilege of becoming the Vice Principal Research. So that's a little bit about me. And then in terms of the role, the Vice Vice, um, Principal Research is really a catalyst. Uh, Really the role is about helping researchers uh, attain uh, their passion and reach what they want to do with their research. And so we offer services, uh, how to get grants, uh, help writing grants, um, everything that has to do with the granting systems. We also do innovation and contract research as well. So we go from basic research all the way to applied and all the systems that have to be managed and supported and helped run through the VPR. So that's really what the VPR's office does. Thank you for sharing so much with us about that. So what drives your passion for your own research and also supporting that of faculty and fellows here at Queen's University? 
Well, I think what drives my passion uh, for the research is, is you really have to have a bit of insatiable curiosity mm-hmm. and, and you really, it's exciting and it's, it's, uh, it's fun. And the other thing that's really important as a faculty member to me anyway, is it's a different way in which you interact with students. You become a coach, you become a mentor. Um, it's not the same as standing up and lecturing in front of 200 students. It's a very different relationship that you have with your uh, graduate students and undergraduate thesis students and postdocs. And so it allows you to, to be a professor in a different way, as it were. So that's part of what drives my passion. My passion also for my research is about translating it to the bedside and actually mm-hmm. getting, it, uh, getting it to the patient. Uh, and then in terms of supporting faculty and fellows um, here at Queen's, it's, it's really about the research and enabling them to fulfill their passions. And that, that's what really gets me excited about all the different kinds of, op- of research that we have uh, here at Queen's. Being the VPR is just, it's, it's exciting and it's a lot of fun. It's a wonderful position at the university where you help and enable your colleagues and students to to reach their passion and to, to find, you know, to, to actually achieve their, the exciting things that they want to do. So that's, what's really, um, that really is important to me. Thank you so much. Now let's pivot over to the prime minister's announcement last week. What is the CFI program and its primary objectives? So CFI was actually, the Canada Foundation for Innovation program was actually started in 1997 and really Mm -hmm. was to ensure Canadian researchers had cutting edge tools. So it actually started out as a physical infrastructure um, granting uh, agency that was going to provide money for physical infrastructure. It has transitioned a little bit where it also does provide operating money, but the operating funding, and so operating money is is the salaries and, and things like that. Um, it's really the, the money that's required to keep the equipment going. So it's very equipment oriented uh, and enabling researchers to have the best in order that they can be the best. And that's really what it's about. Thank you. Now tell us about the successful research projects now funded by CFI this year at Queen's. What are they? So so the first project is called Accelerate. And this is a very interesting project uh, because it's it's about, again, translation to the bedside. And it's about using a type of cell called CAR T cells that are found in the treatment of cancer. So this is to actually bring these very sophisticated therapies um, to to the bedside? And how do you actually uh, get a therapy that's based on a cell to be safely delivered? And so it's a collaborative, uh, you will find many of these CFIs are collaborative across multiple universities. And uh, this is led by uh, Queen's researcher Annette Hay and the Canadian Cancer Trials Group, and then uh, Jonathan Bramson from McMaster University. So again, a collaborative interdisciplinary type of uh, research. Um, And there's even the University of Ottawa is also involved and the University of Calgary, University of Montreal and the Canadian Blood Services. So this is kind of typical of these CFI grants, international Mm -hmm. excellence in research, multi-university. 
Um, if we then look at the next one, it's called Castle. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't realize at Queens is that, uh, is that uh, we actually lead in geotechnical engineering, uh, one of the best in the world in geotechnical engineering. And so Professor Take and Professor Moore, um, who are in uh, civil engineering, are going to be looking at how do you get infrastructure to adapt uh, to climate change and, and what do we need to look at? And what do we need to understand about how climate change is going to be um, impacting um, the uh, infrastructure that we put, particularly in this case in the north? So they really want to look at northern regions to southern urban centers, but to improve the storage of mine, mine waste. So this is important in across the country and ensure the safety and resilience of transportation infrastructure. So how do we keep our transportation infrastructure moving? So if you think about, for example, as we move forward into driverless cars example, your infrastructure has to support that. And then if your infrastructure comes tumbling down when it's supposed to be talking to the car that doesn't have a driver in it right now, you've got some major problems. But even yes. just engineering for roads, pipes, coastal defense structures, harbors, you think of all everything we, we do as almost barriers to protect us, what happens as climate change goes forward. So that's where we're at on that one. Mm-hmm. And now there's also a collaborative project that the university is working with, or university researchers are working with in collaboration with Carleton University. So, you know, Queens does physics. <laughs> this is really yes, about, <laughs> about our physics. It's about uh, um, you, the use of the international facility of which Queens is a member up at, in Sudbury, uh, the Snow Laboratory. So the Sub- Su- Sudbury Neutrino Laboratory. And um, it really is looking at dark matter and continuing the work uh, and building on the work by our Nobel laureate. Art McDonald. So Carleton and Queens often do these types of CFIs together because we are very uh, uh, members of Snow Lab. And so we have a lot of faculty members who work very closely together between Carleton and Queens University. These are all very exciting, very innovative projects. It's uh, great to hear about their funding as well. The fantastic news. I'd like to hear more about how the projects themselves align with CFI objectives and these priority areas. You talked about climate change, for example. Let's hear more about how they synergize. CFI is built on excellence and it's built... Mm -hmm international excellence. So when you look at these objectives, you're actually talking about taking basic research and moving it to applied research. So part of what CFI is focused on, and when you look at CFI programs, there's also matching funding that comes from the provinces. Mm -hmm. It's very much about how does this benefit Canada? And how does this benefit in our case, Ontario? Um, And so we really have to look at the benefits and all of these applicate, all of these awards that we have received very clearly show direct benefits 
to Canada and to the province. So now moving on to the the work of doing the, the applications themselves for for the benefit of our non-specialist community listeners and also uh, early career researchers here at the university, including uh, upper year undergrads and junior graduate students and junior faculty members who are just embarking on seeking massive grants like these. What does the what does the research funding process actually look like? Tell us about the competitions and how they actually work. Okay, so there's a couple of different answers to those questions. So I'm going to start first uh, with your your question about new early early career researchers. So there is a program within CFI. So when you look at CFI, it's actually a suite of programs. Mm-hmm. There is the what are called the John Evans Leadership Funds, which are smaller pots of money, again, for equipment that can be awarded to new faculty members. So each new faculty, most new faculty members will have already been exposed to the CFI program when they fill out what's affectionately called their GELF form. So they think about what kind of research they wanna do, Mm -hmm. think about the equipment that they want, And then we help them through the process of writing the grant and the grant application and sending it off to to, um, CFI. There's then another competition, and this is the competition that we're talking about. So uh, Accelerate and uh, Castle and uh, the Dark Matter Research for Physics came out of what's called the major infrastructure. And these are big grants, much, much more money. Mm-hmm. And one, one of the challenges we have is that CFI has a budget. It takes its budget, it splits it to its different programs, primarily the John Evans program and then the large infrastructure programs. And then it tells each university how much money they can apply for. So this isn't an open, unlimited application. This is actually the university itself has to prioritize these big projects. And we're actually just going through the process right now for the next round of Canada Foundation for Innovation Grants. We actually have to prioritize which grants we want to put in to CFI as a university. So those discussions start up front. Then the applications go in. There's about a 30% success rate. So if we put in, you know, we're only going to get probably 30% of the applications that we put in. We cannot go above that envelope. So last time around, when these two applications were given permission to go forward with the university, we more than double the amount of requests for funding that we uh, could accommodate, that we were allowed to put forward. So that's a, a bit of a complication in this program. I'm not sure if you're if this is too much information for you, but it's a bit of a complicated program. So not only these these, um, proposals already went through an internal competition, Mm -hmm. then we send it out for external review, get all the feedback, the faculty members work all their way through it. We look at where we have to get matching funding because the university has to find matching funding for these grants. Then it goes to CFI. And then two things happen there. It goes to what's called a MAC, um, it, it's basically a review panel mm-hmm. of, ex, of experts and the science and, and the 
contributions to the education of highly qualified uh, personnel, the excellence, the international stature of the faculty members, the stature of the faculty members, all of this is assessed by this panel that takes all the CFI applications, say for example, in physics, puts them all into this panel. Um, there will be other, other applications in there that aren't physics, but are sort of fits within the expertise of the panel. Then they're reviewed and they're given, uh, they're either a go or a no-go to what is the next level up. And the next level up is where CFI itself has a multidisciplinary panel that has to look at this from a strategic directive. So direction. So back to your question about, does this fit the strategy of CFI? Yes, this big panel has to decide then from all the applications that have been forwarded from the expert panels that have said, the research is great. Now, which ones are we going to fund? Once that's done, it then in our case in Ontario, the matching funding comes from Ontario, goes to an Ontario panel uh, and assessed as to whether or not it will, uh, Ontario will fund the match. So it's quite a process. It's very competitive and we've, we've had good success at CFI. So we've had good success. But wow, an extraordinary journey to get from, from Yeah, maybe way too much information for you. <laughs> no, I think it's great, though, because sometimes if we just think, oh, the federal government just gave the university this much money. Well, why? <laughs> One, what are they funding it? But also the work that goes in, too, there's a, a great deal of consideration at various levels before it's even approved by uh, CFI before. Oh, absolutely. That, and this, and, you know, I, desk. yeah, and I, I need to emphasize to, you know, your listeners that this is a lot of work. So, you know, sometimes when you're in your undergrad or grad and, and your professors are a little grumpy at certain times of the year, <laughs> this is the, the, this is the kind of thing that a professor has to do quite regularly in order to attract uh, research funding. So it's a lot of work. And that's why we have a lot of support systems at the university to help faculty members, um, writing references for grad students, for scholarships, all these kinds of things are adjudicated. You know, you have, and, it, and it's a competitive process. So it's a lot, it's a lot of work. So I, this is a nice segue. You did touch on it a little bit at the top of our conversation too. So can you expand a little bit more on the work that your office does to support uh, these kinds of teams in attracting and securing major funding and collaborators? So for, for CFI, for example, because it is such a complicated process, we, we help the faculty members through every step and we will help with the internal process. So for example, once we decide that 10 applications are going to uh, potentially go forward, we will send those out after the faculty members have written essentially the CFI application for our own external review. We mm -hmm. will find the reviewers. We will connect with the reviewers. We will get the reviewers to, to look at these and give us their, their advice and guidance on how to make this an even better application. So we're sending it out to review as if they were the scientific review panel that's looking at this. So they can be tough, those internal reviewers. Mm -hmm. So that's an example. We will actually help people write them. We will edit them. Um, we give alerts of what's happening. So as each funding cycle comes up or 
a foundation, for example, Diabetes Foundation or Heart and Stroke has something coming out, we make sure faculty members are aware and we point them in the direction. Um, we try to give them as much help as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. That being said, the faculty member is really the subject matter expert and really has to, you know, it's a lot of thinking time to try and figure out what's the story I'm wanting to tell about my research and how do I convince the grant panel that I'm the one that should be funded? And now there, within the team itself in your office, there are folks that are uh, looking at the uh, looking at applications from the STEM disciplines, but also the social sciences and humanities as well, right? Absolutely, we cover everything. We cover everything. So we cover all three granting agencies. And then the other thing we do, uh, I think the part that we haven't talked about quite as much is we've talked a lot about the more basic, uh, if you look at research as a continuum, you go from basic to applied uh, to, you know, translation or knowledge, what's called knowledge mobilization, moving research into use, into practice. And whether that's changing how teachers teach or whether it's putting a technology to the bedside in, in a, in a um, hospital, those are, that's the, that's the continuum. So one of the other things that the VPR's office does is we have the Office of Partnerships and Innovation, and this facilitates partnerships with industry, governments, not-for-profits, other academic institutions. We help with um, commercialization, protection of inventions, and we do a lot of um, facilities and uh, helping regional innovation economic uh, development. So we have a uh, Something, one of the things that we're really, really proud of is a new FedDev, what's called a FedDev grant, which is called We Can, and it Mm -hmm. uh, supports uh, women uh, entrepreneurs. And so those are the kinds of things that we uh, enable, as well as working very closely. um, A lot of research, particularly as you get to the applied side, uh, is done with companies or with with governments or not-for-profit organizations requires a lot of contract negotiations and we do all that we help the faculty members with that I actually have lawyers reporting to me in order to facilitate those contract negotiations and Queens also does a lot of clinical trial work and uh, so we're again responsible for for um, uh, working with uh, particularly the uh, what uh, the CCTG, which is the Canadian Cancer Trials Group, uh, to really help and do the best we can to help support them on their on their contracts as well. So there's a lot of uh, work that we do in terms of facilitation, and that's why I said we're, we we see ourselves as a catalyst, a way to to get the research to happen. And so, on a final note, Kimberly, what excites you most about the newly funded CFI projects here at Queens? I, I think what excites what excites me most about the, these projects and, and typically about the CFI projects generally is the application. We're, we're going to we're going to see this research do something in the community uh, and in in Canada. And if you look at some of the interesting things that come out of CFI, if you look at the original investment in the physics, you know we we had a, a group of physicists who developed a ventilator for um, treatment of COVID-19, you wouldn't have thought that would have come out of a CFI, but it did. It, it does come out of this kind of benefits to Canada. And how do we take this basic research to applied 
to out into the community, into to the bedside or in industry and, ha- and, and have our research have impact. That's what excite, excites me about these projects. Fantastic. Folks, we have been chatting with Dr. Kimberly Woodhouse, the Vice Principal of Research here at Queen's University, all about the new CFI-funded research projects here at Queen's University. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for giving us so much of your time and, and sharing so much about uh, the, the projects and the work that goes into making these projects even happen. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.